Last time on Hereford. The folks of Hereford lived in the shadow of a very foreboding Victorian asylum and it was named St Mary's Hospital and located in the village of Berg Hill, situated just north of Hereford City. I suppose my only recollections would be uh, of, of long corridors uh, that, that echoed. They uh, realised actually it was probably going to be worth their while to, the, to build their own in Herefordshire because the numbers of patients grew dramatically and that place they chose was Burke Hill. My previous assumption about large psychiatric hospitals was that they were bad because people became dependent and lost their self-worth. But I actually found it was more like being in a family. Author of Victorian Gothic Mysteries, Essie Fox, who hails from Hereford. This is Essie's story. And that's when my mother said, well, of course, you do realise that your, your great-grandmother ended her life there and was there for quite some years, and I had no idea. But obviously that was something that the family knew, kept suppressed, and never talked about. It's a very, very sad story, actually. Um, Mary Hunt, my maternal great-grandmother, after her last child was born, started to behave very peculiarly. She was taken to Burghill and there she remained. When um, my grandmother died, and there's a very sad story around that as well, um, her husband was sent a letter to say that she died. He didn't receive the letter for quite some, some days. According to family legend, and I'm not quite sure how true all this is, but according to family legend, he hired a horse trap to go and fetch her, fetch the body, but when he got there, she'd already been buried. Close to 1996, as is often the case, there was a great debate about what should happen to it. It was sold to a developer and was converted into housing. But most of it is gone, there mm. are, although there are still lots of blocks there, but the spirit uh, remains. Moving back to your hometown is not an easy thing to do, especially when you think of what made you want to leave it in the first place. But since I've returned, I've noticed that this seemingly slow-paced, remote little place is much darker, more disturbing than I first thought. And all the cautionary tales from my childhood come back to haunt me, because the ghosts of the past tend to stick around. I'm starting to think that not all is what it seems in Terrific. So, we were halfway through a conversation with Essie Fox, author of the book Elijah's Mermaid, some of which is set in a Victorian asylum. And I'm reading it at the moment. It's brilliant. Go on Amazon and buy it. Essie was just about to tell me about the research she did for this best-selling novel. Here she is again. So, doing my general research for my book about asylums, um, and because I was writing a gothic Victorian story, so, you know, hyping up the horrific bits 
in that fictional world of mine. Um, but I did discover the horrible facts, you know, how patients were giving mercury, how they um, were, you know, put into freezing cold baths. They had what they call mm. the water cures. They actually did give women very often hysterectomies because right. if women were in asylum because... Um, you know, if they've had an illegitimate child, quite frankly, mm. sometimes families would put them into an asylum if they were teenagers or women who were having affairs very often because you only needed two doctors to sign a document to say that a, a family member was insane. And I'm afraid that there were many cases when, I mean, you know, obviously not. It, it, it was a very small percentage of the general community, but there have been certainly been cases when men have put their wives or children away as being insane when they certainly weren't. You had lots of children with Down syndrome or yeah. other dis physical disabilities um, where the families, again, it was all this shame thing, but just hide them away. And, and people that lived there their whole life. So yeah. one of the things, I mean, yes, I think that, that there is actually fans a very happy place for most people to be as much as possible in that situation. Because when I was doing my research, I have to say that um, it was very heartening to read that it was it was almost like a small village. It was almost mm. um, um, it had its own gas works to provide light. It had a bakery and a farm, and it had a laundry and you know many many acres of grounds and gardens. I think in some ways, I think you know. Although there were terrible things going on in the Victorian era, I think there were lots of very philanthropic, philanthropic souls, and there was um, very good intention, I think. And you know, these buildings weren't built shabbily. I mean, it was, it's, as you say, it's a beautiful, beautiful property. Any any patients who were, you know, um, obviously, you know, not too violent or not too badly affected by whatever their their illness was, were, would be out in the gardens or working on the farm or in the laundry or yeah. basically being very much part of a community. Mm. Um, and I think what was quite sad when it was closed, when, you know, the process of closing down the, the asylums of institutions began in the 1970s, again, probably with the best of wills, but I think it caused a lot of people a great deal of distress because imagine if you'd lived in an asylum since you were very, very young and you were in your 80s and suddenly you were told you're going to have to move mm. to either care in the community or another institution which mm. would not be anything like anything you'd ever known. And mm. one thing I did manage to find, and I don't know if you discovered this, and I tried to find it again online today before we spoke and I couldn't, but um, I did find something some years ago, in about 2012, on the internet, two quite sad, and I'm looking for them now. Basically, one of them was quite sad because it was an old woman who, when she learned that that Burger was closing down, was found by one of the nurses um, trying to slash her throat with a broken glass. Oh my goodness! Um, and saying that she was she was very sad at the thought yeah. of leaving. She. She was st the, the nurse records it as she was standing over the sink with a piece of glass, busily running it across her throat. She was pretty determined that she didn't want to leave the hospital. And then um, there's another one which is quite sad, um, because although I don't think at all that, that Burkhill treated the patients badly or, or did many of these horrible cures, and in fact a lot of the Victorian asylums and into the Edwardian era had a lot of suicides and violence and homicides because because of you know the bad treatment of the inmates or the inmates not being 
controlled as well as they could be. None of that happens at her. If there were any of those sort of reports and anything like that, it was, it was known to be very happy. But um, they did use ECT, electroconvulsive yes. therapy, on some of the patients. And again, there is a record from this boots on, boots out memories, which mm. says that one female patient called Winnie, and I don't mm. know any more than just Winnie, recounted her own experience. And she said, I didn't like taking medication. I used to spit them out sometimes. Then they would give me more and make sure I took them. I had ECT. I used to go and hide in the toilets and lock the door, but the nurses used to fetch me. Sometimes they had to struggle to get me down to ECT, and it was very frightening. After treatment, I used to feel very tired, and I only wanted to stay in bed. They used to lock me up sometimes because I used to scream. Sad. Um, Essie, thank you so much for talking to me this morning. It's been wonderful to hear your voice finally and to also hear about your story, which which is is wonderful, but but tragic, but Mm. it's bittersweet, isn't it? It Um, is. So I had personal accounts, stories and that marvellous interview with Essie to go on. It was time that I actually visited the old site of St Mary's Asylum to try and get a feel for what the place would have been like. And of course, I couldn't go alone. I had to invite one of my friends and who better than Bertie, who loves to scavenge around in the undergrowth on a dark autumnal night. He rolled up in his camper van and he was ready for a little adventure. Sorry, no mod cons. <laughs> right, I'm recording already. You're right. Really? Yeah. Shite. <laughs> You'll be all right. Can I swear? Yeah, of course you can. Great. Right, do you know what we're doing? Not particularly. Okay, so um, you know, do you know Burke Hill? Yeah, I know yeah. where it is. Oh, you know where it is. Well, that's I've good. Through it many times. Well, I tell you what, let's let's set off, and I'll I'll try and um, have a chat with you on the way with, while while we're off. Burghill used to be the site, well, still the site of um, St Mary's Asylum. Yeah. So I really wanted to have a look and see what the asylum looks like now because I've never, I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay. But I don't think I have. I've not been conscious of it if I've uh, been past it. I've not known it's an actual You're not known... asylum there. Oh, right. Okay, cool. But I've, I've just asked about it and apparently it's a residential place now. Yeah, so it, it, it's going to be, it, it will be. Um, It'll be houses, so it's not going to be spooky or anything like that. But it might be quite good to um, see what what it kind of looks like, what the land's like. I've got a, a picture of what it would have looked like in Victorian times. Right. So at least we've got sort of a frame of reference. Um, so, yeah. Very exciting. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I've never done anything like this. So oh, cool. Yeah, this is well, don't, don't let the mic... Uh, hinder your experience just just kind of go with it yeah I won't I'm, I'm surprisingly comfortable which is unusual good what's rattling around in the back of Jesus crap what you got at the back of here oh, there's all sorts in there there's cups and plates and it's a filth, filthy mag there is there <laughs> I, I think that's Amy's mag that oh is. it looks like um, looks like yeah health magazine I think uh, we're alright the lady on the front is um, sort of well covered up I think Wearing a sensible Tesco blouse. Well, that's just uh, the cover. Inside is uh, something. <laughs> Pure <like> filth. <laughs> Your hair's very long. Mm. I I let it down because it's still wet. 
just out of the shower. Are you going to grow it? Are you going to keep growing it? Um, well, the plan was... Are you going to be like an old man with a snake and a long beard <laughs> and long hair? I, I, I wanted to grow it, yeah. I wanted to grow it um, a certain length and have it cut so I could give 12 inches away to um, the Little Princess Trust. That sounds so wrong. Rattle. Okay. No one likes the rattle. What is it? Is it like your your little camping teapot? Yeah, it's cut like plastic cups. I went camping for the first time in ages the other week. Oh, we did went you to go that nineties festival? festival, yeah. Uh, how was it? Amazing. Okay. Oh here we go, right. So it's three quarters of a mile down. Oh, See, this looks quite remote, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Um, it's interesting that I've gone down a road that I've never been down as well. I've just gone with literally my instincts here. Um, oh, um, God, did you see that? That, no, that yeah, creepy that? power station thing. Oh, is it? Mm. So this is kind of like a beautiful view to Herefordshire. I'd love to live out here, yeah. Would you? Yeah. Is that is that Hay Bluff over there? I think it might be. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. God, it's unmistakable, isn't it? I remember sitting up there once with a bottle of gin, very, very arsehole, about four o'clock in the morning on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Satellite compound number one. Is that, that's not it there, is it? We know where it is. It's beautiful around right here. It's the same place that, um... It's massive. His mum was saying. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely massive. Okay, nice. Yeah, Goose chase here, we don't really know where we're going. Oh, yeah, that's part of the adventure, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Normally, I don't like getting lost, but in this occasion, it doesn't matter. No, it adds to the uh, to the excitement. I'm just wondering whether people are going to want me kind of sniffing around their house uh, in the dead of night. Me and a long haired, creepy gentleman. Don't worry, I'll <laughs> You'll never get all that air in that balaclava. So after a few wrong turns and a UE in a care home car park, eventually we found it. And boy, what a shock we were in for. Oh, here it is. Okay. Oh, we were, we were, yeah, we were way beyond. <laughs> we were cold. We were very cold. Oh, Hopefully not. I needed to post a letter as well. <gasps> Shit, look at this. Whoa. Like oh my god, this it's is like amazing. Yeah. Oh, new houses. So they've got new houses on the site. Right. So this would have nice been... Nice houses, actually. Yeah. I don't know whether this would have been the whole thing, maybe. This would have been the kind of the um, recreational part. Possibly. They, they, do you think the old building still exists since... Uh, yeah, absolutely, because they're all, they've all been changed. Oh, do you think we should park up and walk? Yeah, okay. Have a bit of walk. This is incredible, actually. I'll turn around so that we're facing the right way to, to, to leg it. I ju- yeah. <laughs> I'd just <laughs> like to say it's not creepy at all. It, it's it, not. It really is like a beautiful oasis. It's gorgeous, but you can definitely tell the... Um... Oh. Oh, gosh, there it is, yeah. There's more of it. <gasps> yeah. Bloody hell. Right. Oh gosh, do you think they're doing the same thing that we are? (laughs) (laughs) I always thought it would be, you know, like a terrifying, big, scary place. But 
um, you know, it, it, in terms of, oh God, I wouldn't live there because you don't know what's happened here. But actually, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just gorgeous, isn't it? And it, if you didn't know, you wouldn't care. No, I, I didn't know this place existed. And I, well, probably because each house is probably worth about eight hundred thousand pounds. That's probably why <laughs> I don't know it exists. I probably don't. Probably um, surpasses my friend's circle. It kind of looks Look at that. like they've, it's... Got a, they've got a pond there, oh, wow. a lake or a pond. Yeah, this is amazing. I'm gonna. Shall I pull up about halfway up the road? Yeah. Okay. Somewhere that's. Gosh, I'm just a bit concerned <laughs> for the the. Um, people uh, kind of uh, what are they called citizens are going to think what the hell is this person doing with the microphone this is where you need a dog because I always find if I go out for a walk I do have a dog I see dog walkers yeah and um, being on my own I haven't done it for a while but gone for a walk on my own but they just look at you and think look at that weirdo I know walking on his own I know unless you've kind of oh god that is to die for yeah unless you're um, sort of doing the walk of shame <laughs> see I was thinking we, I was going to be like scrambling around in the undergrowth I even put my you know boots on because I thought oh I bet it's an old house in the middle of nowhere um, but it it isn't it's it's rather divine around here yeah you're in not... it, we're, we're not in a very kind of um, subtle vehicle are we not really no it's, it's going to look like I'm just camping here for the night that's another of the buildings there. Oh, yeah. That'll be one down there. It'd be nice if you go and see that lake or pond. That's quite a long yeah. way. I don't mind walking down there. Uh, There's another I'll one there. Here. Oh, Do you think? There's another house here, though. I just feel a bit like I'm encroaching on people. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, but, you know, it's a public thoroughfare. It I'm is, sure we're allowed to. Not doing These are... Incredible. So, yeah, look at that there. Here we go. I'm going to park yeah, here. let's go here. It's it's a Thursday night. It's not too busy. <laughs> no. Right, let's get out and have a proper proper mooch. It's kind of good that you've never been here before as well, because you're kind of taking it in at the same time as I am. At this point, Bertie and I decided to get out of the van and have a walk around. And what we've done is I'm looking on my phone at a website of the um, old buildings as they used to look. And we're trying to match what we see in front of us with the pictures on my phone. You might get a little bit of that. But bear with me. I'm trying to juggle a few microphones and phones, etc. Yeah, so it's rather wonderful around here. Now, we have to be quite careful because um, obviously there are people living here, uh, and I don't know. I don't know whether they get um, people coming around all the time. You know, those kind of sickos like myself who go around looking for haunted places, and you just don't know, do you? You start at the start. I was, yeah, yeah. So I was, um, I was watching this thing. Uh, it was called Blood Under the Carpet, and it's about um, people who've mur- moved into murder houses. 
and they and you know so the houses are dirt cheap and, and everything else and this one guy just says you know we have people turn up outside the front door sit in their car with a flask of tea and just sit there waiting for stuff to happen i don't know what they're expecting to happen but and he's like you know we've we've literally pulled half the house down but people just are obsessed with it you know people have a sick fascination with this murder so so still there is a lot of countryside over there so this really would have been you know it would have been relatively in the middle of nowhere i mean even still it's not a built up area by any account is it no no it's not at all there's a couple of houses on the main road up there i imagine they would have been farmhouses yeah these old gates one hinge left <laughs> the only do you reckon these are original? So, yeah, we were way off the mark, weren't we, with that big old house. It's lucky we didn't go down that drive. <laughs> Just been like, oh, and, you know, walking around with a microphone in completely the wrong place. Yes, yeah, so that was the gate. That's the gate lodge, by the looks of it. Ah, yes. Yep. Sorry, residents looking at me a bit strange I've got this great big black microphone in my hand it must look a bit strange Uh, you probably think you're a reporter yeah (laughs) probably (laughs) I think that must be his female producer there with the long blonde hair (laughs) so we part so that's that's obviously the main main gate and lodge we've just walked past so the next building should be the administration block which is Probably there. Is that that one? Yeah. No, no, that's a different one. Sure? That's that one, isn't it? Uh, no. Nope. Superintendent's no, residence. Yeah, that's that. Yes, it is, yeah. Superintendent. Ooh, I wonder what that is. That'll be something to look up. So, so I reckon. Superintendent, as in an officer, like a police. Don't know. Could just be. Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo Lodge. The only, Sup- uh, only place I've ever heard that is in. Is police, yeah. Just check that's. Yeah, we're still alright. We're operating on full power. Do you know these Duracell batteries are marvellous? <laughs> so th- this would have been just. Just, just kind of. I don't know. Roads with bugger all either side i wonder which which bright spark thought you know what let's turn this old mental asylum into fantastic 21st century living you would have thought that people would have thought twice about living here if they knew the background well that's what i would have thought but you and i would literally have gone "Uh uh-uh not a mental institution however coming here where do i sign like literally that's that could be it, could be it. it's got a massive chimney or is that it mm, no, no not enough windows that's the superintendent's residence again is it yeah it's that big we've walked about 100 metres and it's still the same building is that that's not it I don't know what that one is it's got a really is it that one it's got a really distinctive chimney because there's only one yes it's massive isn't it that's just half of it we can see yeah 
that could be the female extension block. God, how many people were here? That's the administration block, I think. Right. Okay. There's another building there. I reckon they... Perhaps that all goes around, maybe, or... Looks like one. I don't know, doesn't, it looks like the start of another building there. It doesn't look like a new build. No. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's administration. Jesus, look at that. Wow. That car, is that one house? Yeah. Wow. So presumably that's where all the files would have been kept. Yes, yeah. yeah, so look at that. The female extension block is absolutely huge. That must go all the way round. That must be that one down there, yeah. Or is it that over there? The institution covered 10 acres, larger than the one in her novel. 100 acres of garden, farm buildings, cottages, a chapel, a brewery, a laundry, and even a gasworks in the grounds for providing all the lighting needs. They had regular dances and concerts to give patients a sense of normality. The community was managed well, with no records of unusual deaths that resulted in other hospitals where suicide or homicide were sadly not uncommon events. So I don't think it was a... I don't think it was a bad place. That is the female extension, isn't it? That's got to be. That's massive. Houses, I think, yeah. I thought it was one, but there's three front doors. You'd have to have some serious money, wouldn't you? Well, even one of those, if it was three. So, yes, they, there were certain Victorian curses, or Victorian cures, sorry, um, that, would have, that may have taken place here, but this would have been much earlier on, because I think it only closed in the 90s. Really? I think so. So things like um, patients were treated in baths of water, alternately freezing hot or cold, or spun around on twirling chairs, or placed in drug-induced comas, or, horribly drastic as though it sounds, forced into having the total removal of their wombs, supposed at the time to be the source of female hysteria. I mean, they were horrible places. Victorian asylums were really, really horrid. I mean, of course, we can't... We can't um, confirm or deny whether that happened here. We just don't know. But there's always... It's always stuff that we can look up. I'm quite glad to have been born in this era. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quite. But isn't that weird, though? This this is all on our doorstep, practically. And we... And you'd never been here. I'd never been here. And the whole point of this podcast is to sort of say, well, you know... We may think that we've exhausted all the Hereford pubs and, you know, we've, we've done it. We, you know, we know it inside out. We know these roads like the back of our hands. But that's just simply not true. So even though I did... I think this is just the nice new build part, yeah, isn't it? I don't remember seeing any more, do you? No. I, I'm, I'm really quite amazed. Let's go back to the van. One of those first roads we saw, right at the end, there were some other buildings down there. OK. So, oh, yes, I know what you mean, yeah. To the, to the left. Okay. Might as well. Now we're here. When in Rome. Most likely never, never going to come back here. 
No. I'm rich enough to afford one of these houses. I remember, yeah, quite. <laughs> so that just goes up. Right, that's the back, there you go. Ah, yeah, that looks... That's the back of there. Yeah, and those chimneys look... Um, but you can get out onto the main road there by the looks of it. There's... Do you think so? I think there's only one way in. Oh, is there? By the look of the Oh, road. I thought that was a car coming down there, but maybe not. No. But this, is that that's, a, yes. Oh, there's the old, um, there's the little bell tower bit. Yeah. So I feel a bit like, um... Yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to go down there. No. Wow. I reckon it goes round in a circle and yeah. probably can cut through to the um, to the, the pond. Oh, he's having a fag, look. Um, I think it's lovely round here. It is, isn't it? But it was, it's literally like, it's almost like they need Nasda. Yeah. Nasda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or a, what's it called? A premier. Yeah, a premier inn. That's premier what they need. That's what they're missing. It's a premier inn. What turn the old this old building into a premier? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'd yeah. stay there. Haven't they turned like an old prison into a into a hotel? You can literally yeah. stay in the old cells. Yeah. Well, if you want room service, you just run your cup <laughs> along the. <laughs> <laughs> along the <rooms. laughs> Oh, that is just amazing. So that's the female extension. Well, where would the men have been? Down there, probably. Well, if that's the female, then where would the men have been? Yeah, so that place that we just looked at, I think, with the little bell tower bit, I think that was the male extension block. There must have been a lot of people here. Is there any more details about it? Yeah, closed in 1994. Yeah? Yeah. August 1871 it opened. Well, I hope you've got some good bits anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm just fascinated by it. I'm really fascinated by it. I want to see more, like more pictures. So at least now I've seen it, I can talk to Essie, who's my author, and... Um, Hopefully, we can trace her great-grandmother back through the archive office. And, I don't know, perhaps find something new out. Right, well, that was good. Cheers, Bert. Ta. So what I thought was going to be kind of a scary little jaunt in some undergrowth has actually turned out to be almost like a real estate <laughs> meeting. Yes. What did you think of uh, of the site of the asylum? I thought it was incredible. Like, I didn't realise how big it would be. Um, it's not scary, it's not creepy at all, I don't think. Not the bits that we saw, anyway. Still, I, I, I think it might have looked a bit creepier. Well, days gone by without all this fancy led lighting i think i'd be <laughs> in my pants to be honest <laughs> thanks for that bert lovely mental image i went back to see reese i really needed to know now i'd seen the plot whether it was terrifying dark mysterious or was the focus of st mary's more on the recovery of the patients and really it was 
a, an old hospital in a rather beautiful setting. Um, the first chief medical officer was called a Dr Chapman and he stayed there an awful long time till the 1920s pretty well, I think. Uh, he actually made himself ill by the end because he committed himself so completely to the welfare of the patients. And his, he, he had, just as with any mental hospital, he, he had tremendous power and influence and had to be very well respected and very well qualified, probably went to Oxford or Cambridge. Um, so very high status practitioner and um, was had developed a, a great reputation in, in his field. In the first report that he wrote in 1872 he's critical really of the local community because he, he's very much aware that there is a stigma he knows there's a stigma so they go out for walks and people they pass in the street will shrink back or laugh and he said you know this is de- desperate and fair because they're much more likely to be threatened by the outside world than the other way around but this is a stigma if you may remember from being in Hereford in your childhood maybe but that continued and the mental hospital in Burghill was seen as a dark and threatening place where, you know, you would be sent if you were bad. But I think the, the spirit of, t- of care and, and um, improvement, encouragement to recovery was set right from the beginning and continued right through. And for instance, the idea that, that you would immediately go into a straitjacket or into a padded cell was completely anathema, alien. If that sort of restraint had to happen, it would have to be recorded. And you had to be specially trained in restraint. And restraint didn't mean a, a straitjacket. I think they probably had them, but just for self-protection rather than protecting anybody else. And there, were, there was a, a soft cell, but that would be, again, for somebody who was self-harming, effectively, rather than you know just trying to calm down somebody who was a, a crazed beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they very much thought in terms of the, of the patient's welfare. And obviously it became more and more difficult to to, cons- to consign somebody to the institution. Um, you had to have more and more signatures. Nevertheless, it was still an institution. It wasn't perfect. Um, and I think it, it was quite, poss- quite possible for people to, to go there with, some, with a condition that we would not describe as a serious mental condition and stay there for the rest of their lives because they become institutionalised and they actually become afraid of the outside world. And I think that's, that's one of the, the reasons why, as well as, of course, lack of money, the movement started to develop that um, said that people with mental illness should be better cared for in the outside world without that restriction that, that um, the institution had. And I think the jury's still out on, on that one. But certainly from the Victorian period, the bottom line was welfare, not incarceration for the sake of punishment and for protecting the rest of society. Obviously, there were, there were those who, who were dangerous, but I think they were very much in the minority. So, it seems as though while some asylums of the time had a reputation for abuse and using unorthodox cures for the treatment of mentally ill patients, the asylum in Burkhill, St Mary's, although not perfect... It was built and run very much with the patient's comfort and recovery in mind. Extreme measures such as straight jackets, padded cells, they were only used in extreme cases where patients were at the risk of causing harm to themselves or each other. The grounds, I've been there, are absolutely huge and beautiful and they housed so many on-site facilities such as a bakery and a farm, all of which were used to supply the hospital as well as to provide activities for the patients, many of whom who had come to be institutionalised and who thought of the hospital as their home. 
Staff and patients alike recall their experience at St Mary's as a positive one, and many who were forced to move when the hospital closed didn't even want to leave. The food sounded bountiful, and the community often visited to hold events and give gifts to the patients. And although the name was synonymous with the mentally ill of Hereford, any hostility came from a lack of understanding rather than a fear of the hospital itself. From my research, I believe that St Mary's, I can't see it as ever being a frightening, towering medical prison that television dramas might have you believe. It seemed like it was a solution to a very real problem, a recovery measure to provide welfare for those people who otherwise would have been shunned, cast out or neglected. I believe that the building of that asylum was a crucial step in the development of our mental health services. And just to confirm this, I spoke to Alicia at Herefordshire Mind to find out more about what the county now provides for those who need the necessary help. Welcome, Alicia. Thanks, hi. So obviously, the management and care of people with mental health issues has changed drastically since the time when St Mary's was built in 1871. So what do current mental health services in the county look like in 2018? Well, there's... Um, an array of mental health services across the county. Um, I think particularly it's the approach of those services that's changed dramatically. The approach that was when St Mary's was first built was a lot more about somebody would would go into um, a place such as that and be unlikely to, to move on and leave. And now the progression and the future hopes for people is very different. Um, here at Mind, we very much work on the recovery model, which is about giving people hope for the future. It is about focusing not on what an individual's diagnosis is, what is um, what they've got. It's about talking to them about what's happened with them and taking them on that recovery process so that they can learn to, to move forward and still live a fulfilling and successful life. Do we have a different attitude to mental health nowadays? I think things are certainly moving forward. You've got the the royals, the the younger royals who've been involved in a lot of mental health campaigning, which has been absolutely brilliant. Um, But there is, sadly, a a stigma that's still attached. There is, sadly, um, people who feel actually they'd prefer to ring into work and say they've got a cold or some physical symptoms than actually say... My mental health isn't good today. Mm. And it's about people understanding that we all have mental health. Everyone has mental health. It's just sometimes we're at a different point on that spectrum. With MIND, we do still have, we have accommodation services. We also have um, transitional housing services. So that's where we provide accommodation for people for a couple of years or so as they're working to get back to living independently in their own accommodation. So it's that transition from perhaps having had a, a spell in hospital to being able to move on and live independently. We also do support with individuals out in the community through our community support team. And that's where we'll work one-to-one with individuals um, around their, supporting them around their mental health needs. And then we have a whole variety of activities that happen. And also we do a lot of training and education activities. We've got a brilliant team of volunteers at the moment and they're absolutely invaluable to us. And we're always looking for more people. Our mission is to provide quality support whilst raising awareness and promoting understanding about mental health. 
So I would say go to our website and have a look at what we've got that we can offer. But also, um, if you're not local to Hereford, you have got the National Mind website. And also there's a variety of different services and everyone has a, every different uh, charity or service has a different part to play. So if somebody is feeling particularly um, at crisis at a particular point, then Samaritans can have that part to play and, and they might be the best person to contact at that moment if they're in that particular point of crisis. There are also some particular young person services such as Strong Young Minds and the CLD and you've also um, and also we would encourage people to, to go to and talk to their GP if that was something that was going to be appropriate. So thank you to all of you who've helped me produce this podcast episode. Uh, Bertie, Dad, Asha, Anne, Reese, Alicia, you've all been amazing and it's certainly opened my eyes. But I can't help thinking that I've only scratched the surface here. So if you have any stories or photos, please go online and share them at facebook.com forward slash Terraford podcast. If you or someone you know has been affected by any of the topics covered in this podcast, you can contact Mind wherever you are on mind.org.uk and find your local branch. Or if the problem is a bit more immediate, you can call the Samaritans on any phone. Just dial 116123. That's 116123. But before I close the book on my research of St Mary's Hospital, I needed to do one last bit of digging. And as a result of what I found, I had one more phone call to make. Hello? Hello, Essie. It's Ed from the podcast. Oh, Ed, hello. Can I call you back, Ed? Because I'm just out for a... I'd say lunch. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> OK. Uh, yes, of course you can. Um, I just... I just got very excited and I felt like I had to call you. Oh, that's all right. Carry on, carry on. Um, I found your grandmother. Oh, oh really? I found, I found her whole life on at, oh. at, at Berg Hill in a massive book of all the patients. Oh, my goodness. I found four pages. Four pages of her whole life at Berg Hill. And um, oh. she was discharged. In 1917, she was discharged. Oh, my God. No. You give me a call when you're back. I was so excited. I nearly burst into tears. I was so excited oh, for gosh, you. Oh, gosh, I feel like I'm going to... Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thank now, you. now go and enjoy oh, your lunch. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And please do go on patreon.com forward slash Terraford. That's patreon.com forward slash Terraford to donate what you can to the project. Anything that I make from Patreon will go back into the quality of the podcast. I'm not going to run off with it. Uh, it is, I promise, going to go back on improving the quality of output. So I will see you next time for another episode of Terraford. Thanks. <laughs>